Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Taking Care of Business broadcast. This is uh, Dan Trottencheck, uh, your host. And, you know, a big part of the Young Retailer of the Year program, and, and I always say this in front of every one of these podcasts, is that uh, none of this would be possible without the fantastic support that we get from the companies that sponsor us. And as I've said it, it, in the past, I'm going to talk about these companies for a second, but I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast knows these companies because they are some of the most recognizable names in the industry. And, and I, I always like to point out that um, these companies look at the support of this program a lot differently than just a sponsorship of a conference or something. Every one of them is invested in knowing who the winners are and getting to meet with the winners and, and, and really understanding and seeing kind of how how throughout the years these young retail of the year winners are the individuals that step up to become the next leaders within the independent uh, retail channel and and so uh the sponsors recognize that and, and want to get to know these people and support their careers and this year our sponsors for the program are aero fastener epicor fluid master intertape polymer group midwest fastener mytech and pony jorgensen and and so just remember those names and remember that uh, when you're looking for people to partner with for your business, that these are the companies that step up to support the independent channel. And, and, and they do that um, wholeheartedly, not just, as a, uh, not just as a media buy. And someone who could probably tell us about that and talk to us about why uh, it's so important to support programs like this is our first guest on today's program, and that's Bill Sokol. And Bill is the Vice President of Marketing for Pony Jorgensen, one of our sponsors. Uh, Bill, welcome to the program. Hi, Dan. It's great to be here. Thanks. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks first for your sponsorship, but thanks for also coming on the program today. And and I'd like to start before we talk a little bit about um, why a company like Pony Jorgensen uh, is is involved in this channel and why and why you support the channel and support these kind of programs. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about the Pony Jorgensen story? Because it's a pretty interesting story. Yeah, it is actually. Uh, Pony Jorgensen was started as the adjustable clamp company in Chicago in 1903. Um, and through the years, it led a lot of innovation in the clamping space. We had the first patents for the wood hand screw. That's just kind of an iconic product in this, in this category. We did the first pipe clamps in introduction of the Pony brand with the first pipe clamps. And we continue to innovate today. Um, the business was based in Chicago until uh, until 2016, when it actually uh, closed its doors. Um, and our company bought it shortly thereafter, and we took a year and a half, almost two years, to retool the business, retool the brands, and we launched last year back into the marketplace. Um, and so we're coming back with a product. Um, we've got a, a new offer that is, you know, um, back all the way back to 1903. It's a, it's a traditional product that's been sort of reborn in the marketplace. Yeah. And it's interesting talking to some of the companies that are, that are sponsoring the program and, and how closely really aligned their businesses are with the independent retail segment, because I talked to so many independent retailers that trace their business back to the 1900s, the 1920s and, 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 and Pony Jorgensen is that kind of company. And, and what's interesting about it is, is as you described, not only does it have that legacy of innovation and that legacy of recognition within the uh, industry, uh, both on the end user side and on the retail side, but because you guys kind of had the little the, the little stop and restart, 
innovation is a huge part of what you guys are doing. It's not just, it's, it's an old company, but, but not the same old company is maybe, maybe a good way to put it. And, uh, and wh why don't you tell us a little bit about what, you know, you say you have a couple of new product line launches. What, what are some of the new things that are kind of going on with Pony Jorgensen that, that our listeners will want to know about? Well, what's interesting, you know, you talked about us being a an old company, but uh, also not an old company. We spoke and we we kind of refer to ourselves as a hundred and twenty year old startup. You know, <laughs> we've got these these iconic products that have been around forever, uh, but we're applying a lot of new innovation in terms of how we market, how we brand, how we brand ourselves, how we reach out to the end user audience to build demand. We have gone from um, actually being not in the marketplace back in 2017 to right now today, if you measure our presence online, Pony Jorgensen is the most talked about brand of clamps in the United States. Oh, yeah. so in less than 24 months, we've made those kinds of gains. Um, so we're bringing a lot of innovative techniques to brand building, to building awareness, to building that demand that the retailers want. Um, to be honest with you on our product line, our number one goal out of the gate has been to reestablish those iconic products that we've had for so long. We had to move manufacturing, we had to retool everything, we had to set up production lines again. So we're, we've been focused for the last couple of years on bringing our classic and traditional products back to market. Uh, we do have a number of interesting things in the innovation pipeline that'll be coming out probably next year and the year after. Fantastic. And, and like you said, I mean, any company that's, that's had that kind of brand presence for as long as, as you guys have understands, um, you know, the, the independent segment of the channel and, and how they support brands and, and move them to, to the end users. Talk to us a little bit about why the independent, because there are some brands, let, let's face it, and, and they make these decisions that just say, you know, we're going to focus on the big boxes and, and mass discounters and so on. But, but independents are a real important part of what you guys are doing. Why, why is that? Why, why is it that you guys say, no, 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 we're, we're, we're going to make sure that independents are a big part of what we're, how we go to market? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we have found, well, one of the things historically that we can say is that our brand grew up in the independent channel. You know, there was no alternative back in 1903 when this brand started. It was a nation of small towns and tight communities and small retailers. And that's really where our roots are. Uh, these, these two brands, Pony and Jorgensen, were built in the independent channel and we feel a, a deep connection to our heritage and our history for that. Um, we also uh, really are impressed by the way that independent retailers are embedded in their communities. Um, it's a really strong, um, a really strong relationship in many small towns. A hardware store is a central part of the, of the community. Um, and we want to be there. We want to be there as a brand. We want to share our products with folks. Um, and we just think it's a great fit for us. And, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, again, kind of the, the, the rebirth of the company and the repositioning of, of the classic kind of product that you and product lines that you talked about. Um, you know, is also kind of fits well with this theme of the new generation of leaders in the industry. And, and so you guys were one of those companies that stepped up and said, hey, if we have an opportunity to support young retailers, what do we got to do? Where do we sign? Why, why was that important to you to support this program specifically? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of reasons. One is that um, the, the young retailers that you're honoring are, are doing are kind of on the same journey we're on. They're in an industry that's been around for a really long time. 
and they're trying to move it into the future and to innovate how they do things and to make things better. Um, you know, we've got products that have been around a long time and we're not just sitting on our laurels with that. We are constantly trying to push the envelope in terms of our, our thinking about our products and our brands and how we move things forward. So we see a real synergy there. Um, we're also particularly impressed with some of the, the female winners of, of yeah. the year because a lot of people don't know this, but Pony and Jorgensen brands were actually started by a woman back in 1903. I did not realize that. Okay. Her name was Adele Holman, and she was an opera singer, of all things, oh. in Chicago. And she actually, back in 1903, a woman running a manufacturing business was absolutely right. She ran the company for over 30 years, and she didn't even have the right to vote. Um, and she used to sign all of her business correspondence as A.V. Holman. Uh, everybody that did business with the company thought she was man. So, <laughs> You know, strong women making a difference and uh, running a business is really part of our heritage and our history. And particularly when we see what some of these young women are doing, you know, at home, in the community and with their businesses, um, yeah. we're a real affinity with that in terms of where Pony Jorgensen has been and where we've come from. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Now, I, I mean, and, and I learned something that I had no idea that that was, uh, the, you know, I knew a little bit certainly about the company, but that that's, that's an interesting side note that everybody should, you know, and it's, it's interesting how appropriate it is today to be talking about uh, the company and what, what the, the founder had to go through. Um, to learn more about Pony Jorgensen, what, are, what is kind of the best way that someone uh, who, who wants to learn more about the history of the company, the history of the product lines, or what you guys are doing right now? What, what's, what's the best place for them to turn? Yeah, our website is probably the best resource. It's uh, PonyJorgensen.com. You can go there to learn more about our history. You can see all of our products. Um, you will also, if, you're, if you are in the independent retail channel, we're going to be making a lot of noise shortly in terms of uh, some introductory offers to get people to brand back in. So um, you will be hearing from us as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> Bill, thank you so much for your support of the program, your support of the industry, and, and, and thank you so much for being a guest on the program today. We really appreciate your time. Thanks. It's our pleasure. All right, everybody, stay tuned and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This again is your host, Dan Tronchek, Taking Care of Business podcast. And as we said before, we have another one of our Young Retailer of the Year award winners on the program with us today. And joining us uh, for this episode is Ryan Buck, uh, one of the winners in our multiple stores category. And Ryan is with Buck's Home Building Center and New Germany Home Hardware, uh, north of the border here up in Nova Scotia, Canada. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, great. Um, uh, appreciate you being here. And first off, congratulations on the award. Uh, so glad that uh, you were selected and, and, and going to represent Buck's Home Building Center and, and New Germany Home Hardware. Why don't you start off by telling us just a little bit about your businesses and kind of bring us up to speed on what are the markets like, the, the areas you guys have stores in, what, what are the communities like, what, what's the competition like, what, what, what kind of business are you guys doing? Yeah, sure. No problem. So uh, we've been a, a family-run business since 1991, and that was under the uh, the Beaver Lumber uh, banner. And then in 99, 2000, Home Hardware Stores Limited bought out 
Beaver Lumber. Uh, my father had had owned the business since '91. Uh, you know, he was in a little 5,000 square foot store in 2006. We jumped to a 21,000 square foot operation, uh, 12,000 12, square foot uh, warehouse on site, lumberyard, overstock, and uh, and then in 2016 we put on another 12,000 square feet of uh, retail warehouse space here. Uh, so my wife and I actually bought the business from my mother and my father January of last year. Four months later, we turn around, purchase our second location, 17 minutes up the road from us in New Germany, 5,000 square uh, square foot retail space there with 7,000 square feet of uh, warehouse plus the yard. So our, our primary location in Bridgewater is in, in a town of about 8,500 people. Um, New Germany is a little bit different of a market. Their their population is about 400, and then in the summertime, when it's cottage season, it goes up to about 12, 1300 people. Uh, so very, very seasonal up there. Um, but it was just a nice fit, nice fit for this location. My wife is actually from from that area too, so oh. it's kind of nice to to get in there and 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 put our, our footprint on that. Uh, competition wise. You know, it's heavily, you know, heavy competition. Uh, we have two castle building supplies. We have a Kent building supplies, a couple other home hardware building centers in our trading uh, location, which is approximately 50,000 people and covers about a hundred, uh, hundred kilometer radius. Don't ask me miles. I can't answer that one for you. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll convert it uh, for the, or to put it in the explanation down below. Um, Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you guys grew really quickly, though, then it sounds. I mean, going from 5,000 square feet and jumping up like, like that, uh, you know, even before you guys bought the business, that was a, that was a, must have been kind of like a, a culture shock. I mean, going from a, from a small location to, to a really relatively large location. Yeah, and I mean, when you when you look back and, you know, having conversations, I remember, you know, I was only, you know, that was 14 years ago, so I was only about 20 at the time uh, when this all happened, and, and you're sitting there, and I remember talking to mom and dad, and, and uh, you know, just saying, you know, you're, you're jumping, you're basically quadrupling your, uh, your, your floor space, and, you know, there's, you know, obviously more expenses that come along with it, and, you know, the home hardware makes the projections. Oh, we think you're going to do this, you know, for sales, or you need to do this in sales. And uh, you know, obviously, the old, you know, the old saying, high risk, high reward. And uh, we kind of haven't looked back since. It's been, it's been the crazy, crazy, well, crazy 14 years, really 20 years since we joined Home Hardware, and we're just getting set to break ground uh, um, in August on another 8,500 square foot warehouse in our overstock. So. Man. So the growth hasn't stopped. Let, let me ask you about this. It's kind of interesting that you bring it up. You know, you were 14 and you still kind of remember the family discussion about, <laughs> about what you guys were doing with the business. I, it, it, it's always intriguing to me. I mean, you grew up ar ar around this yeah. business. So what, what, what is that kind of like? How did that kind of, kind of shape your impressions of, of going into business and so on? And, and how was it to kind of have that, uh, just that the ever present kind of, uh, figure of this business as part of your family what was that kind of like to, to have that as part of your life growing up you know it, it was different I mean you look at you know you're fortunate um because you know I, I always think back to you know my parents I mean it's to to go from what they what they went you know from 90 well really 1984 dad actually moved down here with mom and 
and then 91 taking it over you know the the work and the sweat equity that they had to put into the into the operation to get to the point that they were getting to but you know you you you, you always remember my parents you know at every sporting event every yeah. you know everything that you did um they never missed it i mean my father coached me baseball up until the age of uh, you know four, 13 14 um so you know you, you kind of relate that back you, 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 i don't want to say you get the flexibility but you do have the flexibility that you know i have three daughters that are eight five and three oh, um so you, you put the hours in to account for the time that you you, you don't want to miss those, those days with your kids um so i, I always look back and, and remember you know my parents always being around the you know in the business but also able to uh to be involved with with me outside of the business um and then you know the unfortunate thing when they say it's in your blood it's it's in your blood i mean as much as i tried to as much as I tried to get away from it, I kept coming back, and uh, you know, it's it's been it's, it's it's pretty cool to be able to, you know, be you know work side by side with your father for the and, and sure. mother for you know the past twelve thirteen years, and you know even growing up as a kid, I, you know I remember being five six seven years old in that old five thousand square foot store, and you know pushing pushing the cart around with stock and putting stock away for for five dollars a night. And on a Friday night, and you know, <laughs> I, I, times have changed a little bit, and you know, it, it's funny because about a year and a half, two years ago, my my eldest, um, she would come in at seven, you know, seven years old, and you know, obviously she's on, she she has the technology now too, so she can scan right. things and it tells you where to go, and but you know, it's it, it's I, I get the I'm living what my father lived, you know. 30 you know 29 30 years ago and it's yeah. really cool and, and and neat to be able to go through that with her and then when we bought the second store you know my my two youngest kids you know they start doing the same thing so it, it's you know it has, don't get me wrong it's not all roses but it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun and uh i i, I just I'm, I'm i'm grateful that i can have these memories with with you know mom and dad and now my kids and my wife so it's truly a unique proposition growing up in a family business like that because you, I mean, the, the business becomes kind of just almost like just part of the family. And was there a yeah. point when you were, you know, you say when you're 13, 14 years old, putting away stock and stuff, was there a point where you, you, you kind of knew that, you know, I'm going to someday be, be a bigger part of this business? What did it just, no, no, <laughs> no, that, that honestly, that happened in 2011. Really? Okay. Well, tell yeah. us a little bit about that, because you 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 had gone away to college and stuff before you went back to the business, right? And and yeah, was that when you made the decision, or so so you know, being from a small town of you know eighty eight thousand people at, at that time, and you're you know it's oh I got to get out of got to get out of small town Bridgewater. There's no opportunity here. You know, got to get to the big city, and the big city was like Halifax, which is you know, <laughs> you know four hundred thousand people, right? Like it's not even that big. It's not exactly New but, York City, but yeah, okay. Not exactly New York, <laughs> but hey, you know, big big to me. And I, I actually moved away from home in uh, in grade twelve. I actually went oh. to high school in Halifax. Uh, oh, lived okay. with another family uh, to to play volleyball at a goal to play university volleyball. Oh, okay. Uh, so in 2006, I or sorry, 2004, I ended up going to Wilfrid Laurier in uh, in Ontario, which is just west of uh, Toronto. Oh. Played a year there, injured and sick for that entire year. Oh. Came home uh, I had, in, in, in 06, um, 
and this is kind of when the installed sales department kind of started to surface. I actually had a job lined up in San Diego working at a Hilton hotel to carry luggage for customers for 10.25 an hour. Wow. And okay. I had, so ended up going on a couple site visits with my father and and kind of took a little bit of a, an attraction to that portion of, of the business. You know, you get to set your kind of set your hours. Yeah. It's not the the standard, you know, everyday, same thing, wash, rinse, repeat, you know, dealing with this, different personalities. And then, you know, I said, so I said to him, I said, you know, why don't I give this a shot? He said, okay, no construction background. Um, you know, just, just an extrovert that really enjoys talking and yeah. being around people. Um, and then in 08, I ended up going to St. Mary's for economics and history. 2009, I went to fire school to become a firefighter. Okay. In two, 2010, uh, graduate fire school, get engaged. And then 2011, uh, married with first child on the way. And she arrived in September. And that's when we kind of kind of said, well, all the fire jobs are away. My wife, as I said, was from New Germany. All her family's up in New Germany. And I kind of realized at that point, it's really nice to have family close to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like my grandparents had, have been, you know, four hours, four and a half hours away from me. Saw them three times a year. And, you know, talking to my wife, I said, you know what? I, I don't want that for my kids. Yeah. I want my, you know, my kids to know their grandparents. And, uh, you know, so kind of the rest is history. Here we are nine years later. Man, yeah, and 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 not only are you just here nine years later, but you're also you know being recognized for the accomplishments that you crazy <laughs> made in the business. Uh, yeah, while what what kind of advice? Like when you're you're coming into the business and you didn't exactly have like uh, uh, like you said, you're not really a construction background or a retail background. Yep. How did your mom and dad kind of help you get? you know, uh, your feet under you and kind of, kind of give you the advice that would, that would obviously lead you to saying, I want to take even the next step and buy the business, not just work in it. So how did they help you in that regard? I mean, I, I've been extremely blessed and I'll say this is in a, a very, very biased opinion that I've had probably the best dealer operator in home hardware as my mentor. That's awesome. Very, very biased. Uh, but you know, my father, uh, cause I work more closely to my father than my mother. My mother was in the accounts receivable office, such as my wife is now and, you know, made okay. sure the bills were all paid and, you know, the accounts were good and the accounts receivable were good. But, you know, I've, I've had a, I've had a great mentor, um, and in, into preparing me for, for this moment and this time, um, you know, just, just be honest with yourself, be honest with your staff be honest with the customers, be as transparent as possible. Don't hide anything. Um, don't BS your way through anything. Yeah. Just, you know, stick to, stick to your roots, stick to who you are and, and everything will work out. Sometimes you're going to make decisions that not everyone's going to like, i.e. maybe your staff may not like the decision that you'll make to, to, you know, please a customer and, and, and vice versa. A customer may not like the decision that you, you make in, in terms of them. But if you're honest and transparent at the end of the day, everything's going to work out treat, treat people the way that you want to be treated with with respect and integrity and everything will be fine well you, you know and that's great advice no matter where you are in your retailing career so you you, you obviously did get some great lessons uh from your dad yeah. but when you came into the business you started out and and you didn't do too shabby with kind of what you were handed 
in that, you know, you started in installed sales. And during that time, yeah. you guys grew that business from a quarter million dollars to over 1.5 million in a really kind of pretty short amount of time. How did yeah, that nine years? What did, what, what did that look? What, what was the main thing that, that let you do that? Or was it just, just doing a lot of stuff in it over a period of time? Just a lot of hard work. Yeah. Like, you know, you find something you're passionate about, right? And, and you just kind of, you get a lot of satisfaction in growing something. And, and it, it was kind of reassuring to me being able to go from, you know, a quarter of a million to 1.5 to have an administrative assistant, the second person in the office with me, um, you know, to be able to take it from that level to the next, you know, multiple levels through it the way, like obviously the 1.5 wasn't the next level there, you know, let's get to the half million, let's get to three quarters, the million, yeah. and you start sitting there and say, where's this thing going to top out at? <laughs> yeah. um, so it's just kind of reassuring to myself, you know what, I, I can do this, I can handle it. Uh, I can take something from nothing and, and grow it just based on who you are, the relationships that you make with subcontractors, you know, make, ensuring that they value and see the business for what you see it. Lots of hard work, yeah. good policies and procedures, and at the end of the day, taking care of customers yeah. um, and building that reputation within your community that, you know, you provide a great service with a great product. And more importantly, if there's a problem after the fact, it gets taken care of. Well, you know, and what you're talking about, it's it's so many of those doing those small kind of things, but doing them right. And while it sounds really easy, it's not really easy. And it's not really easy to do it consistently. But that's what you guys have been able to do. So that's, that's certainly a testament, you know, like, like, like anything, you're, you're, you're an athlete, and you kind of know that, the fundamentals of, of how to do some kind of sport, they seem real easy until you actually have to do them. And, and so it's just interesting to hear you say that because, because what you were talking about, the, the knowledge your dad passed on to you, it's some pretty basic stuff. Be good to people and be honest, you know, and, and what you're talking about, how you grew your business, it's some basic stuff. Be good to customers and do the right things and make good to say, I mean, but it's hard to string that up together and it's hard to stay committed to that, but you guys have been able to do that. This is a really simple business. Yeah. It, it honestly is. I mean, when you look at your competitors, it doesn't matter what market you're in. If you if you're in the build if you're in building materials and you have a competitor, they all have two by fours. They all have two by six. They all have OSB. They all have plywood. Yeah. They all have screws and nails. Um, at the end of the day, how you treat your customers, you know, it's that that's how you win. Yep. yep. Um, it's 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 a really simple business, and and I I learned along the way there there has been time, and, you know, I'm I'm as stubborn as they come, um, and there's been times that my father, you know, I I kind of I kind of adopted the model at one point in my career of, you know, what would Brian do in this situation, um, and it it just every time it'd be just take care of the customer, yeah. grin bear it, put your ego and put your ego aside, and just take care of the customer. And, you know, it's kind of over that three-year period of, of growth there, really from like 26 to 29, um, where there was a lot of maturing uh, that took place at, at that time. <laughs> uh, that was kind of my motto. When, when things got, you know, when things got tough or you had, a you know, just a customer that was, you know, just tough to deal with, you know, I'd, I'd always say to myself, what would Brian do? And uh, kind of pulled me through. Well, you know, I want to talk to you about this for a second because, you know, it, 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 
around those same times when you were starting to think about and eventually made the decision to say, you know, this is a business we want to own. And, and the reason I want to touch on this with you is because like some of the other things we've talked about, one of the most difficult things that we see in, in, uh, in uh, independent home improvement businesses is the ability to successfully pull off that transfer of the business. You know, the whole concept yeah. of succession, of passing it down from mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever it is to the next generation can be one of the most tricky things to try and maneuver and have everybody come out with the business stronger at the end. But you guys were able to do that. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about was was there something that you guys did differently or was it just because you see you had a really good kind of open relationship with your parents that, that allowed that or what what was the secret to making that successful uh transition so i mean we we went to a third party organization that okay. kind of handled everything you know valuations uh you know just just putting everything in line you know, through our accountants lawyers and, and all that uh our family is open and honest. We, you know, we can, we can talk to each other. Um, we can have the tough conversations and kind of leave them at that and, and move on from it. Um, it's when, when you have such a clean company where the, the accounts receivable were in good order, the inventory, you know, my father's an inventory wizard in my personal opinion. Um, you know, slow movers discontinued all that. They're just really, really clean. Not a lot of dead stock. There's, there's really not much to sit at the table and barter about because it's, it, it kind of is what it is. Yeah. Where, when you start looking, you know, with, with the, with the second transaction, which is outside of the family, you start looking at those details a little bit more, um, and, and kind of dig in a little bit deeper if that's the right way to say it and and, and kind of you know you're, you're you're looking and saying well i need to get the best dollar for this acquisition because obviously you want to pay it off quicker and, and have that turn around quicker um so a little bit different scenarios but you know just we're, we're so open and honest with each other everything was laid out it's really super clean um and it honestly it probably took about two hours of conversation it was done well, you know, I, I think and 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 sorry, and uh, you know, we had been planning this for three years, right? Well, and I think even that last point, there's there's really a lot of a good advice that others I think can kind of take out of the things you just said. So I want to kind of reiterate some of those things. Is one, you know, because we get people that ask us all the time, you know, what are the secrets to a seamless, you know, kind of succession and and. And I think some of the things that you brought up are, are really speak volumes to that. One is the business should be, I, I mean, it, it needs to be in good order. You need to have the books yeah. in order and you need to have an understanding of what your inventory is. But I think a, a thing that you guys did that was so wise was you went to a third party source and said, let's not get into dad and son or dad and daughter or whoever yeah. arguing over what the business is worth and, and trying to deal with those ourselves let's go to an expert and and and, and that we both can trust and kind of use that as our guide and and then you, you know your last point there is just just start you know when you have enough time to make it happen don't try and do it in a get all that work done and get all the planning done in a three-month window you guys took three years to get to that point so all of those things I think go, go to really um, supporting as people are thinking about those succession that they, they could certainly do worse than kind of taking those tips. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, it's the more, and it's no different than your business. The more organized you are, the better you are to succeed. And like you said, to go into the outside outside uh, party, you you take the emotion out of it. It's not well. I think it's worth this, and 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 you think it's worth that. It's here's the low, here's the medium, here's the high. Where are we going to get to? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, I think that one of the things that makes um, these stories so relatable is that, as you probably would, would recognize, is 95% of the businesses that are in this industry are family-owned businesses. So a lot of people are dealing kind of with these same issues. And I think you also find a lot of the similarities as well in the way independent operators uh, do certain things. And one of those things that we try and spell out whenever we get to talk to people outside the industry is how involved independent operators are in their communities. And you guys are certainly no exception to that. You know, I know one of the things that certainly stood out in your, in your application for the uh, Young Retailer of the Year Award is a lot of the community service you guys do through your business. I mean, everything from helping the community build a pool to to some of these scholarships that you created for the local high schools. Tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of how you base um, your decisions around supporting the community. One, why is it important to you? But two, kind of how do you how do you figure out where to kind of put your efforts? Well, Good question. I mean, it, I, I guess I look at it, you know, I, I want to leave my community in a better spot than what I had it growing up. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and my wife and I are fortunate enough that we are in a position that we can, we can do that. Yeah. Um, no different than, than Brian and Janice, my mother and father, you know, they're very community oriented, very community involved. I mean, obviously between the generational differences there, we have organizations that we look at or, or, or uh, you know, projects that come up that we, you know, we, we look at that and say, okay, well, that's cool. Where, you know, they had, they had their nation and all that. So, um, you know, and, but we've carried forward with, with some of the stuff that, uh, that they've done as well. You know, the, the pool deck, um last year so i had the the board reach out they wanted a discount on the material what can you do for us you know we, i saw the number you take a look at what, how the year's going my daughter swim at that pool yeah uh so you know i called my wife up and said you know here here's what they're looking for this is what it's worth what do you want to do well let's donate it okay yeah. great perfect <laughs> so i'll call back hey you know we're going to donate that for you so take that take that money and put it towards something else into the community uh, the scholarship was something that we started this year when we bought New Germany, or sorry, last year when we bought New Germany, we decided this year we're going to do a, so it's a $500 scholarship to New Germany, or bursary, if you will, and then another $500 bursary to our, our high school locally that is right in, in Bridgewater's area. And we just said, you know what, uh, and the, param the parameters that we put on that were you know, a good student. So, but we didn't make the average kind of crazy. It was like 70 plus average, like just a good student, yeah. average student, uh, because you know, everyone that gets nineties and 85s, they're all going to be taken care of with scholarship opportunities <laughs> yeah. and all that. Right. Yeah. So that they're, they're going to have that opportunity. So we said, let, let's put a 70 average on it. Someone who's involved in, in school, someone who's involved in the community, someone that's involved, you know, within the, you know, a good, good, good student and, and, the silent, uh, the silent kind of qualification was really someone who who could use it. Like, where where would the five hundred dollars make a difference on, on the person, right? 
you know, a semester of books or whatever it is. So that was something new that we started this year. Uh, we do a ladies' night every year. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to do it this year, obviously, with the COVID-19. Um, but typically that raises $2,000, and we pick a an organization at the beginning of the year, and we sell – we get about 110 women, 115 women. They pay 10 bucks. Uh, so $1,500 that goes directly towards this organization and also some sales throughout the year that we do. We run a barbecue and that organization comes in and, and sells burgers and hot dogs and we donate everything to them. And uh, so, you know, they're they're walking out with two, three, you know, up to $4,000 to go towards that organization. And we get some staff involvement on that. And then basically, it's basically on a proposal, you know, one by one we kind of look at it and say yeah no we'll do that and yeah we'll yeah. do that and you know, kind of deal right like it's 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 no different than being a parent you know everyone you know when they meet me or you know know about the kids or you know you're you're working your 70 hours 80 hours a week right now with all the supply issues that are going on and and they say you know why do you do it and you know, for for me, the reason why I work so hard is, is is I want to leave my kids with a better life than what I had, such as my parents have left me with a better life than what they've had. And Julie and I, my wife, we, we truly feel we're in an opportunity that we we want to leave our community in a better position than what we had it growing up so that the next generation can enjoy it even more. And then hopefully my daughters get the same values and, and do the same thing. Well, and I think that underscores as well how important you know, these supporting independent businesses are because, you know, you said it when you were talking about the pool deck is that's a pool that your daughter swim at. So you, 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 you're not just helping the community, you're part of the community and, and your yeah. daughters will grow up and they'll want to do better for the community. So it's that kind of chain that makes it so important for consumers and, and, and contractors to support local businesses. So, you know, you, you've obviously done a lot in, in the time you've been involved in the business, done enough that, you know, as, as we continue to tell your story along with the other young retailers stories, you know, we just touch on some of it in the podcast and then we'll tell more of it in the magazine. And then, and then we can show your stores and so on to the, to the, to the audience we reach, it, it really paints a more complete picture of, of, of how deserving you guys are of this kind of recognition. But with everything you've done to this point, Ryan, what, what is, where do you kind of see your operation, you know, I don't know, three or five years down the road, where would you like to see it? You know, you know, obviously it sounds like you're looking for growth. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I keep telling my staff, buckle up. <laughs> uh, I, I remember last year when we made the announcement uh, about the New Germany acquisition. Um, I pulled the staff meeting, and uh, you know we, we had kept this quiet for about six months. You know, lawyers' appointments and and a bunch of after-hours stuff, and uh, I felt like I was cheating on my staff there. And uh, so we we had our meeting, and I, I stand up and I said, so you know, it's been four months, you know what's the next step for Bucks Home Building Center? You know, what's the next step for this organization? You know, Brian and Janice have built this company over, you know, 30 years. Um, so what's next? And someone goes, more sales. I'm like, well, yeah, come on, guys. Like, yeah, that's obviously simple, but, you know, what's next? And then we put the picture up of, of the, it was a Rona, which is incorporated with Lowe's. Um, and, but it was, it was uh, designed as a home hardware building center. And they said, uh, they looked at me and they go, is that, is that Rona? I said, no, that, that was Rona. 
and they go, did you buy Rona? I said, yes, we did. And so, you know, kind of big morale boost. And uh, so I keep telling them, I said, look, we're, we're only getting started. So, you know, the goal, the goal for me, the vision for me and, and this company, uh, 34 now, I've set a target for five to six stores by the time I'm 40. Um, I have the 8,500 square foot warehouse going in Oak back. I mean, obviously I'm going to have to grow my leadership team to, uh, right. help with this growth. Uh, you know, two stores are kind of easy right now to, to, to manage for the most part. I, th- I feel when that third one comes on, you know, you're going to have to grow your upper management and, right. and yeah. to, to help you. Um, and, you know, realistically, I think by the time I hit my, my fifth or sixth store, I'll be looking at a, uh, kind of a self distribution center through as well through home hardware. So basically being my own distribution center for my, 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 my channel of, of stores. So three to five years, hopefully if we're talking, Ryan, did you hit five stores and hopefully I can tell you, yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, given what you've done to this part, uh, to the, to this point now, I certainly would not bet against you, Ryan. It's been a, a real pleasure getting to know you a little bit more. And, and I appreciate uh, you spending the time with us to tell us a little bit more about what you guys have done and where you're headed. Um, congratulations yet again on, on being Thank recognized uh, amongst the, the, the other young retailers of the year. Obviously, even from what we've talked about here, it's, it's clear that it's well-deserved. And, um, and uh, again, I, I look forward to our audience and, and our readers and the rest of the industry getting to know all of you guys a little bit more. And the start of that is, is, is this podcast. So, so I, I, uh, I, again, thank you for your time and appreciate you uh, joining us and congratulate you on your honor. All right. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan.